This is the city. The city of Absalom. The city at the center of the world. Absalom is celebrating the Radiant Festival, a three-month festival of epic proportions held once every hundred years. The celebration attracts all types. Tourists, performers, merchants, inventors, as well as unsavory types, petty thieves, gangs, cults, and criminal enterprises. That's where we come in. We protect and serve. We are the agents of Edgewatch. Hey everyone, welcome to Roll for Combat Agents of Edgewatch. I'm your GM and host, Steven Glicker, and in this week's episode, well, all the leads have been chased, all the information has been gathered, all that's left to do is to prepare for the inevitable bank heist. So this week's episode has a very weird feel to it, because unlike other episodes where, you know, everyone is playing adventurers and they're just going around, hey, there's a dungeon, and they kick in a door and they fight a monster and they keep going through the dungeon in this scenario the adventurers aka the edge watch they're playing the role of the monsters they are playing dungeon keeper in a way because the bank is kind of the dungeon and they need to stop the adventurers aka the bad guys from breaking in and stealing the loot and they're having a hell of a time figuring out okay where should we set up what should we do how should we try to defeat the adventurers from trying to enter into the bank and getting the loot? It is really fascinating because this almost never happens, at least in a role-playing game. You know, in computer games, obviously in Dungeon Keeper and other games of this genre, you do this all the time. And obviously this is a very famous genre when it comes to, like, tower defense. But... In this case, a role-playing game, I can't think of too many times where this comes up where you have to play defense and you have to prevent the adventurers, aka in this case the bank robbers, from breaking into a bank and robbing it. So yeah, it's a lot of fun to listen to them this week and I'm kind of quiet. I'm kind of just listening, thinking how are they going to thwart it, where are they going to put people I already know how this is going to more or less turn out. I know what the bad guys are planning, so I can't really help them. You know, I sort of give them a little vice here and there, and I try to point them in directions of where they can go, but in the end, the decisions are all theirs. And it is, um, I'd say, kind of exhausting for them, and almost uncomfortable, because they're in a weird situation where, like, they have no control over something that is going to happen the inevitable of like, okay, someone is going to come in, someone is going to fight you, someone is going to try to steal your treasure, and you have to stop them. And it's, uh, it's fun to listen to, I'll tell you. And it is really fascinating to watch what happens when PCs are put in the role of the monsters. It is a fun show this week. Anyhow, that's it. I don't have a lot more to talk about this week. Because next week is when the big, bad bank heist will take place. This is the week of preparation and getting ready and trying to figure out what to do and how they should do it. But with that, let's get to this week's show notes. So in this week's show notes, a RPG Superstar update. 
we are continuing to edit. It sounds like I'm a broken record, but seriously, we are making progress. There is a super secret section. We have a lot of the artwork coming in that I'm really pleased with because this is my problem, is that I find really good new artists and I like their artwork so much that I'm like, ugh, and then I wanna go back and kind of redo other artwork. Not that the other artwork was poor for you know some of the monsters, it's just that I like the new artist better and I think they could do a specific monster better because everyone has their own style. And I kind of think some of the very, very, very early artwork on some of the monsters, not that it was done poorly, but I might have had people do things in styles they weren't completely comfortable with. And I see someone else and their style's even better. And I'm like, ugh, I almost want you to redo it. And unfortunately, I have been having them redo it. In fact, one monster, I won't say which one, I now have the third iteration of this monster being done because the first one I thought was okay. And then the second one I thought was pretty good. But then I realized, you know what? We missed something in the creation of the first two monsters that was really important. And it was big enough that it was going to require a completely redone monster. So instead of having one of the original artists do it, I have another artist doing it. So for the third time, I have a monster being recreated. These are the things you learn when you create art for a book and you need to have something like 200 pieces of artwork in a book. Anyhow, other things we're doing is talking to printers. I'm actually talking to the Paizo printer that prints up all Paizo's books. They are all the way in China, which makes things a little bit more complex because they need three months to print the books. The other printer I'm talking to is in the United States and they only need three weeks to print the books. So it's three weeks for a United States based printer. And to be honest, the quality is kind of the same or I can use the exact same printer that Paizo uses and I'll make the books look and feel exactly the same as a Paizo book. So I am figuring that out. I don't know which one I'm going to use. There's advantages and disadvantages to each. And strangely, the price is kind of more or less the same because anything you save in using a overseas printer, the shipping is very expensive because books are very, very heavy. Not that it's much cheaper if you're shipping inside the United States, but it's a little bit cheaper and it ends up being kind of a wash. I'm talking to John Stats a lot because he did that Kickstarter with his book and he went through all of this and he knows all the ins and outs and he said to me something interesting he said pretty much everyone's going to have the same price no matter who you get your book quote from and the answer is yeah he's right it's kind of weird like everyone has the exact same price more or less even when you go overseas the price really isn't that different now the price might be different if you're printing up tens of thousands of books but i'm not printing up that many so when you're doing a small run the price is more or less the same anyhow that is what we're doing right now and we will continue to show you new updates new monsters every single week on the patreon so you can just go to patreon.rollforcombat.com and see all of those and if you missed any of the monsters you can just go there and they are all listed you can just click on the rpg superstar tag and you can see every single monster that has been listed and shown in the last three months or so. But we are moving forward along. We are looking to get the book done by Gen Con, and Gen Con is in September, and we are well ahead of schedule, so be on the lookout for that. Also, don't forget, do join the Patreon if you can. 
patreon.rollforcomment.com you get the show early if you join and you can listen to us live whenever we record the show do check out the discord channel discord.rollforcomment.com you can check out the show chat with us talk to us about spoilers we also post all the spoilers basically all the maps and all the pictures of all the monsters and the creatures that you hear on the show. You can see what they look like if you go to the spoilers channels. And then finally, don't forget to check out RollForCombat.com where we have reviews of lots of Paizo products. And Jason has his Talking Combat column where he reviews and talks about every single episode. Every single one. If we have ever had an episode of Roll for Combat, he has a column for every single one. It is great. But with that, let's get to this week's exciting episode. Okay, you go back to the barracks a little after four in the morning. You crash. You do your required eight hours of rest, according to the rules. And now it's one in the afternoon. (laughs) Tomorrow is the parade bright and early in the morning the parade starts so you have less than 24 hours to figure out what to do and with that tell me what you want to do i think first let's stop by Avangots. yeah um and tell and to have a talk with the dad and quote unquote close the book on that jason mcdonald is playing basil blackfeather a tengu empiricist investigator and then maybe and then from there the only other thing we had on the on my notes is that we never talked to the stepson at Penny and Sphinx. There was a stepson named Colo who also kind of worked there and witnessed the first. Yeah, can we, can first we go? Can we go over our notes? Witness. Can we just like bullet point everything that we know so far? Because some of this, I'm forgetting some of this. Seth Lipton is playing Gomez, a goblin elementalist sorcerer. That actually is probably a very good idea. Uh, just because it's been a while, then there's a lot of things moving, and I'd actually rather if you need help, let me know. But uh, you guys start in; I'll fill in any holes. Sorry, I'm just going back and trying to find where the starting point is. Well, if maybe you should look at the list. There were seven things you were asked to investigate, and maybe go through each of them. Yeah. And okay. Out so, what all right, here I'm gonna start with my one, uh, my notes from like mid, this is like mid January when we really started this. We had three targets on the parade route. Oven got money changers, Penny and Sphinx, and Stone Sworn, savings and loan. Then we had the Tannery, Chidax's cheap loans, and the Smuggler's Lair, there where the Puddles Militia had information. And a general note that the token guard was lazy and crooked, and you usually have to pay them. So Ovengots turned out to be the vandalism thing that is now turning out to be the son owes money and his dad doesn't know about it. Uh, bank number two, there was a break-in, or like a not, like, not really a forceful break-in, but somebody got in through the employee entrance and this goblin Quidley, and they took him into custody. He didn't steal anything, so they didn't treat it as a big deal. There was a stepson, Colo, who we were supposed to possibly talk to about that. And we also found that ladder, but we think that ladder was just for the landscapers. Though not 100% sure. Bank 3 was the one... The uh, Stone Sworn was the one that had the uh, plane-shifting uh, Zell or whatever, and the, and the spiders. And their magic systems are so sophisticated that we didn't think that that was very likely a target. Then we went and visited Chidaxa, and she wanted her record cleared. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, then there was the thing, 
the tannery, it turns out that there was like a fire and the fire was to kind of hide the, the theft of that mechanical lift that was going to be used as part of the float. And now we think would probably be used as part of the part of the robbery. So that tannery thing that turned out to be nothing may have been involved in stealing a device for, for use in the robbery. So Chidaxo needed her, was going to give us information if we got her clearance to work in the puddles and got her record cleared. So that tied directly into the Puddles Militia smuggling ring because there that was like, you help us, we'll help you. And that was not totally related because it was like a you know, sweatshop type place and selling illegal goods. So we cleared that out. And then Shadaxa gave us the information it was the, that she felt the Penny and Sphinx was most likely to get hit. And also that the Skinsaw cult might be involved which is one of the four aspects of Norgerber. So, but still the Copper Hand was the original gang that was planning the robbery. And that's pretty much what I've got in my notes. That's a good note. Chris Beamer is playing Lomang, an orc tiefling monk of the crane style. That sounds about yeah, right. The place that was robbed. I can't believe we uh, didn't go into that deeper John Statz is playing Cadet Dougie McDougal, a human ruffian rogue. Well, at that point, we were getting, we we're kind of gathering yeah, all, the, so. all the information on all three banks. What was the name of the witness? Did we? I don't remember talking to that person. Well, I think that's Colo. That's the stepson. And we never talked to him. We can go there after we close. I was thinking after we close out Avangots, we can yeah. go try to find Colo. Okay. And talk to him. That sounds like a good plan. Okay, cool. Alright, so you see Uthan, Avangot, and he's like, Ah, my friends! What did you discover? I was waiting with bated breath all day, and I figure you need to sleep after a long night of staking out on the roof. Gomez, if you're feeling a little squeamish about this, I can take this one there. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. Uh, you talk to him. We, can we talk in private? Oh, yes. I'm very excited to hear all about it. Well, Come to the conference room. Okay, so we go into pro- yeah. To his office. We have an answer for you on the vandalism, but it's an uncomfortable topic, and you may not like the answer we've come up with. Um, I'm afraid your son Uthrar got himself into some financial problems, and instead of talking to you about it, he went and took out a loan with Chidaxa, and the loan has not been paid back, and it's grown over time. You see him, this huge barrel-chested man still with welts on his face. And you see him go from pale to beet red. And you actually see him holding his desk and you hear the wood creaking as he's about to snap the desk in half with his sheer strength. And he's like, and he's saying to you with his teeth clenched, he, he did this? This is all because that fool boy borrowed money? What, 20 gold pieces from a crooked hobgoblin? I'm gonna put him out on the street. I'm gonna disinherit him. I'm, oh. I'm, oh, oh. I can't oh. believe you told him, Basil. Hold Why on a second. I'm, I'm, I'm immediately on. regretting this decision. Maybe we should have told the kid to fix the problem. He's furious. He's, he's running out, and you see him go over to the vault, and he's, he's opening it up. 
and under his breath, he's like, oh, that boy, that boy, it's the last time, last time. Damn it, he's Gomez, why didn't you stop me from <laughs> doing this? He's going to go on the street after this, I tell you. Oh, he's never going to, that dumb boy, dumb boy. And he comes back, and he's carrying a bag and a black sword. And he says, here's your reward, as I promised, 250 gold pieces. And he drops a heavy gold bag on the desk. And this, this is that damn fool's inheritance, but he doesn't deserve it. Might as well put it for some good use for someone who knows how to do something with it. And he gives you a dull black sword. Ooh, Valerian steel. Oh, I'm glad we told them now. What's the story? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we did the right thing. What do you know? Uh, Dougie, I know you like that more, but this... And he holds it up, and it looks like this really dull black sword. Doesn't look like anything. He says, This was an exquisitely crafted blade made in the distant city to the north called Kelsgard. This is a plus one striking, shifting, low-grade, cold iron log sword. Wow. Oh. What is shifting? Man? Shifting? Is that... um? That's not versatile. Shifting is a rune. You can etch it onto a melee weapon, and within a moment of manipulation, you can shift this weapon into a different weapon with similar form. Can it be turned into a maul? <laughs> Let's see. Activate. This weapon takes the shape of another melee weapon that requires the same number of hands to wield. The weapon's room and any previous materials made have applied to the weapon's new shape. Any property rooms that can't apply to new form are suppressed. So this can turn into other weapons. Oh, so it can like go a dagger like or uh, a no bludgeoning, piercing, slashing. Yeah, it gets around like damage restrictions. Oh yeah, but it's one-handed though only. It is one-handed, but it can turn into any other one-handed weapon. That's pretty sweet. You know Interesting. what? Hmm. He says yes. A fighter like you could use this well. I'm sure. What is uh, the uh? What is the damage on a long sword? All right. How much does he owe now? 50 gold, you said? Yeah. I'll contact her immediately and take care of that. Thank you, sir. Uh, that will stop your problems. I thought it was 100. It started out as She 100. said she would knock it down to 50. Yeah, it started out as 25. Then it went up to 100. And now she's knocked it down to 50. So that's why it's 50. So, um, Well, you are credit to the shield. I'm going to make sure I tell your supervisors about the fantastic job you did here today. You are a credit to the city, that badge, and your family. I tell you, I'm like my forgotten, grateful, nothing son. If if you excuse me now, I'm going to have to go kick him out of the house. Everyone deserves a second chance. Don't forget. This was his 20th chance. Uh, Oh, okay. That makes sense. All right, when you leave, you rob the back. Now. And you see him, like, running out, and he's telling, like, his, his, like, supervisors take care of the place while he's gone. And you see him, like, leaving. And you realize, boy, someone's going to be, uh, someone's going to be getting a beating tonight, so. <laughs> someone's getting a whooping. Nice. <laughs> well. Okay. That took care of itself. Another, <laughs> yeah. another job. Another job well done. done. Yes, sir. I'm genuinely feeling a little second guessing that maybe we should tell oh, the kid to yeah. solve the problem. Yep. But at the well. same time, if he didn't have the money, he didn't have the money. Well, maybe you can find him and offer him a job in the guard. 
The card gives you everything you need. That's right. Three square <laughs> meals a day. That's right. Made by a mimic. Darn, uh, all darn. right. So, so I think what what we're ready to move on. Yes. Yes. We've done enough damage here. We can move on. <laughs> we've ruined we've ruined a family's lives, but we've at least got two hundred and fifty gold. Our job here is done, and we prevented crime. Like no more goblins writing things. I mean, we we did the legally correct thing, yeah, I suppose. Right. But at the same time, yeah, now feeling like we shouldn't have involved the dad first. Yeah, I actually thought we were going to talk to them both at the same time, and. Let the uh, the father shake the truth out of his son, and you know save. Except us the technically, problem. the father is the one who wanted us to investigate. So I, that's that was kind of God the logic yeah. why I settled on him is that he's the one who asked us to look into it. I remember asking about the, uh, the, the, the that that son. I knew I knew there was something wrong with this guy, and the father vouched for him, and I went along with it. It's like, oh, I don't know, it doesn't sound right, but yeah. That's when I, I gotta listen to my inner uh, inner paranoia. The kid's gonna the kid's gonna be the big bad of book six now because we tur- we narked on him. <laughs> All right, sweethearts, what you waiting for? Breakfast in bed? Another glorious day in the Edge Watch. The day in the Edge Watch is like a day on the farm. Every meal's a banquet. Every paycheck a fortune. Every formation a parade. I love the Edge Watch. Gung ho! Out. <laughs> And speaking of which, uh, we have a parade to go to soon. Well, right now we're going to go to the uh, Penny and Sphinx, and at this point, we need to treat that as the bank that's being hit. We need to talk to Colo, and we need to make preparations for tomorrow. Yes. You guys have so much money and so much gear, you're just throwing it into the the handy haversack. I mean, into the... The bag of holding, you're like another magical plus one shifting well, striking on. great sword. Just this... throw that into the bag. I, another yeah. two hundred fifty gold pieces. Just throw it into the bag. <laughs> well, that's. I wonder if that shifting can be put on like hand wrapped. Uh, what else would it shift into? It would have to shift into something. Uh, yeah, it would have to shift into something similar. That's that you can use, but that gets around a lot of. It's two d eight. I mean, it's less damage than your maul. Yeah. Ultimately. Because it's one-handed. I mean, that's going to always I mean, be less. I mean, that is probably something we would have to sell, I think. As nice as that is. Uh, I'm thinking if... i got to look into this shifting some more. Because, I mean, I have no way of make, of having my damage be not yeah, bludgeoning. Well, it doesn't help you because you can't use certain types of weapons. Like, it's going to shift into a weapon that you can't use. Well, that's, that's what I was good. asking. No, the rune, though. The shifting rune. If it could be put on my existing... Uh, mighty hand wraps that I have that are already. And what rude. would you have them shift into? I don't know. That's what that was my like question. a punch dagger or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something. yeah. It's probably just simple weapons. Um, I don't know. It's worth. I'm curious into. to know. Now, what according the to this, piece... you can do it because there's different rune types. You can have a shifting rune, which is a property rune, and then you can also have the striking plus one rune. So there are a number of runes oh, you can okay. put on I, it. I but, got yeah. striking. Striking is a fundamental rune, not a property rune. So it doesn't count Correct. against the. You can only have as many. Correct. You can only have as many property runes as the plus. But but since right. striking is a fundamental, that doesn't count. Correct. Against it. So the okay. plus one striking is one rune, and then this is like you can't have a cunning, disrupting, fearsome, glamoured, <laughs> you know, sword. That's four runes. You know, like. You do have some 
you know, they make it up that you can move them. No, I see. Easily. I was under, I was under the mistaken impression that striking was also a property rune. But if it's not, if it's a fundamental, then that leaves no. one. Then that does leave one mm-hmm. spot for a for a property rune. I mean, it's it's a good weapon in that it 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 gets around a lot of things. It's cold iron, and you can change it to bludgeoning, yeah, slashing, piercing, good. whatever you want. I, mean, I would I, absolutely use that as a backup weapon. But if that's going to give us another two hundred fifty gold. Well, the the strike the uh, shifting rune alone to buy it is two hundred twenty five gold. Just that yeah. Alone. See, like it, I, that, I don't that, want to. I want to take all that. That's money from worth the a lot. Well, you could also move it to another weapon. You can move shifting for ten percent onto your uh, maul. Oh, and you could change it into a greatsword. Like, oh, that's true. Yeah. You could yeah, yeah, you yeah, could pick yeah. like a piercing a, a big piercing two handed weapon or a, or a slashing two handed weapon that's in addition right. to the maul. Yeah, and switch between those, and then we sell the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no one else can use it. Like I can't. No one can use and it. And it's cold so. steel. What is cold steel good for? That's actually good against undead, so it might be worth just kind of tucking in. I mean, yeah, at least selling the striking rune. I mean, to that... keep the striking and sell the rest. I think you take the striking, you move it to your mall, and you then the sell shifting. the shifting. shifting, shifting, yeah. And then there's a the... shifting and a striking. Yeah, so the striking, the plus one, the cold, all that is worth money. Like you can sell that. No one. Does anybody need a striking rune for uh, anything? I'm just a little annoyed because I just bought one for my bow. I mean, I could use one for my crossbow, but I rarely use it. Hmm. But then again, I mean, it's 2d8 instead of Oh, man. Cold Steel. Yeah, I think that's a good backup. I, th- I think I'll keep that as just like a uh, backup. Actually, yeah, I, I, would, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, you, can, you should take the shifting. I'll take the striking for my crossbow. We can always sell later. Or, okay. And then, and then that, sell, the, sell the plus good. one cold iron. All right. Yeah. That will take a little time, so we'll do that a little later. So. All right. For now, I mean, you can do it. Yeah, we have stuff to do. Yeah, we have stuff to do. You just bring it over to a place. You pay 10%. They move it over. I think it takes like an hour. It's very quick. So anyhow, you can do that later today if you want, if you need to. For now, you go over to Penny and Sphinx Trust. What do you do? And sure enough, you see that they've been getting ready for the parade. They're setting up like, you know, area for the route. Showing, uh, you know, little barricades here and there to stop traffic. There's like a little line being drawn in the main street so people can march down it. And there you are. What do you do? Sorry, I'm lost in my runes. So we got a question. Look for this uh, Colo um, character. We got to talk to him. That's that's just deficient police work. So we're going to go in and uh, talk to the manager let's see one thing i would do before we go in now that we know that they have access to a lift where where is there anywhere where the parade route would come close to the building that a lift would get them up and over not really and that's the interesting part because where you are as you can see the parade route is on the east side of this bank and the front doors are pretty far in fact if you uh, do a little measurements here, let's see. I mean, you know, the front doors to the outside gates, which are formidable, are 60 feet. And then there's also these extremely large hedges and bushes that are, you know, 10, 20 feet up in the air. Like, there's a lot of defense. And then the main street is a good 80 feet away. So, yeah, this is kind of weird. Like, the first part is the street's not even close to the bank. 
And why the why would uh, why would why would it be part of the parade? It wouldn't be part of the parade because it was stolen from the float in the parade, right? It, like it, the, but they're still the, going to hit it during the parade, right? right. If they actually so, did it from the street, or right, maybe so they're the, sneaking around and maybe they're going onto the roof or right, something. Right, right. The, the, the parade, the, so. the parade is a distraction. Everybody's looking. Everybody's right. Be in the parade as a everybody's float. looking at the front of the bank at the parade. They're in the back. What about the back? What is street access? Is what sort of street access is there on the sides and back? Well, you can walk around, but as you see, the entire bank is heavily fortified by the fence as well as trees. And in fact, it's very close to the north and the south and the west side. The largest side is the entranceway, which has the large um, pillars and sort of a walkway. I mean, this is an enormous bank, so there's a lot of... You know, but there's also the only entrances you can see. There's a couple of windows, all barred. There's the employee entrance, and there's the main entrance. They should I mean, check the roof if, the, yeah, if so, there's so any it, roof access. So it doesn't look like there's a 2 plus 2 equals 4? Like, if I had a crane, I could get in through this side window? It does not look like that? Well, you walk around the grounds, and it's a 10-foot-tall wrought iron fence with hedges, bushes, and trees lining the interior. And in the south, there's a little employee entrance right right, right there. As for the actual building itself, let's see. I feel like there's some part of the equation that we should be aware of that we're missing. Like, like, like some function of the device or, or some, some detail that, that, links, that links the things up. Um, well, I mean, tell me what you want to know, and I'll give you some answers. How close does the road come to the uh, building? 80 feet. Yeah, what's, okay. Well, no, what's All behind right. the bank on the west side? What's behind the bank? Well, on there's the just west. trees, and then there's just, um, it's just, uh, it's just empty. Well, let's get some roof access and see what's going on up yeah, there. Yeah, first of all, let's see if there's any sort of access from the roof. I'm pretty sure I've been on this roof already. Well, Man, we need to we'll figure out where Colo is so we can talk to him. Yeah. All right, so tell me, go in order, because I don't want to... If you guys want to go on the roof, we can go on the roof. Whatever you want to do, you tell me. Let's talk to this witness. Let's let's find out what's... Because I don't want Colo to see us walk in here and just skedaddle. Okay, you walk in again, and looks like the same setup as before. It's a rather busy bank. The lobby is very large, elegant. There's several tellers that work side by side behind a four-foot-tall counter. And you can see there's a couple of doors to the south for meeting rooms. Otherwise, there's only one set of double doors that goes to the employee area that you're aware of. And you've, uh, you've been actually in all these areas before. And you see the head teller again. And he says, oh, uh, are you here to see uh, Bertram? Soft whistle, the manager? Mm, yeah, we, yeah, let's start with him, actually. Yeah, sure. Yes, yes. Hold on a second. I'll go so start there. You, you guys want to just be up front? Back like, how do you want to play this? You want to be up front? I feel like we want to tell him at this point that we think that he might get robbed tomorrow. Yeah. Right. Bertram. Bertram's like, oh, oh, nice to, nice to see you. Oh, as you can see, we're getting ready for the festival. Come, come. I'll let you into the uh, employee-only area. And then he opens up the doors to the south so Ooh. you can come down. Nice. And come back down to it. He says, come, come, let's go to one of the meeting rooms. I can't get into the meeting room. He shut the door in my face. 
So, uh, what, what did you discover? What did you find out? I'm very interested. Well, our investigations suggest that there may be an attempt to rob you hmm. during the parade tomorrow. During the parade. Hmm. Parade day. Interesting. Tell me more. Well, uh, some of it is by elimination because we were given we had a list of three banks we were looking at, and the other two have mostly been ruled out. One other thing we wanted to check, I mean, obviously because you already had that uh, goblin break in, we feel like that might have been reconnaissance for a future attack. That goblin was affiliated with the Copper Hand Gang, who is rumored to be the ones planning this robbery. There's also an interesting bit of uh, lead that we want to run past you and see if it's see if it would be relevant. There was a stolen piece of a mechanical device for for one of the floats that was going to be in the parade, acted as a lift, and we were wondering if you ha if your building has any access from the roof. Hmm, fascinating. Uh, you can go up to the roof and see for yourself. I thought you did that before, but no, no, this is a bank, and even if they did manage to get up onto the roof, the vault is underground. Uh, they'd have to go through the bank itself, so it's sort of a moot point, don't you think? Okay, well, uh, well again, this is... No, we're investigating. If, oh, if of one course, of, of course, investigating one of the nearby away. buildings is compromised and there's a uh, conduit from the rooftop of that building to an underground tunnel into your bank, then it's very relevant whether or not these guys have a uh, uh, skylift thing. After we look at the roof or at any point uh, that you want, I would like to go and work backwards, like see where the target is, where the money is, and then try to work backwards yeah. on how yeah. they're going to get in there. Yeah, that's a good idea, too. Uh, and lastly, we, we had a witness, uh, Colo. Um, geez, I'm getting the name wrong. My understanding uh, is Colo actually was around when the first attack, when the, when the first robber... Uh, infiltration happened, so we wanted to maybe talk to him about that and ask him some questions. Yes, yes, Thanks. my stepson, Colo. Well, I'd be happy to have you talk to him uh, if you can find him, as he hasn't reported oh, into no. work in the last few days. The and... only thing worse than sons is stepsons. We're, we're in trouble with this one here. Yes, can, we get I, an address, uh... can we get an address for where he lives or stays? Uh, he lives with me, and we haven't seen him. Oh dear. Since the robbery, mm. so I don't know where he is about. Okay. I uh, thought he was going to enjoy the parade for a day or so when you came here a few days ago, but he hasn't come back since. I presume he's just hanging out with some friends, oh. but if you can find him, I'd be happy to have you talk to him, but I myself don't know where he is. We think he's going to enjoy the parade, that is for sure. Um, yeah, well, yeah, quiet, quietly out of your shed of, that, uh, of the bank manager. Uh, re refresh my memory. What do we know about this uh, th this other character and possible and, and possible motivations and reasons? Nothing for him to be part of the bank robbery. He's plot. a stepson. He's a stepson. That's all we know. We know he's that's, a stepson and he's well, seriously absent. Right there, motive. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's very presumptive. It's, it's true. <laughs> it's motive it's true. It's and like, evidence. It's like stepson. <laughs> stepson. Haven't seen him in a couple of days. It's going to be a bank robbery. Two plus two equals four. Yeah. Yep. Guilty. <laughs> Hang him now. We yeah. need no more evidence. Uh, but but seriously though, like that's an angle there. Like the, the that sounds like it. 
you know like it sounds like he's in league with the bank robber robberies and he's part of the plan we want to also check out the rough too since we're here uh i think if Kolo's not here uh how about i i mean we, we don't need to split up but yeah let's go see the, the where the money is yeah let's see the vault that is, that, actually, is that yeah, something yeah, yeah. we could do because some... we think yes, that there's yes let me let me show you where the vault is um i'm very pleased that you told me about this and hopefully some of you can help protect the bank during the parade tomorrow that uh that would put me at ease but you must understand uh, my bank is extremely well fortified and he like knocks on the wall he goes these walls are almost 10 feet thick we have reinforced the bars everywhere we even have some rumored magical fortifications as well i'd be quite surprised if they managed to break in again after the last time that just seemed like a silly mistake of someone leaving the employee door open well if you would not object uh, i think we will plan to be here for the parade yeah of what course, access does your stepson have to this bank well he has the key to the uh employee entrance mm. but other than that oh. it's the only only but that's easy enough i can change the lock that's no problem whatsoever. yeah i think that's we constantly good, change yeah. it anyhow on a regular basis so that's no that's no issue i'll have that done by the end of today but here let me bring you downstairs yeah so what if they tunnel like it like could that could that uh forklift thing be modified to to break through a 10-foot wall or bend those ridiculous bars? check yeah that'll be uh not me uh i wish i had a crafting nope. untrained basil you're a resident crafter 28 basil can't see how that's possible as the two have nothing to do with one another uh, one was literally a lift that brought something up and not only that it wasn't it wasn't very mechanically sound it was made to like bring something that was maybe 100 200 pounds up in the air and that's it it's not like a tunneling device requires massive amounts of mechanisms and you know that's nothing whatsoever it's very yeah that's only one piece of the puzzle we're, we're missing we need all right well what okay let's well, go what downstairs do you, what's our target Let, maybe let's lock down what their target we're kind of making assume we're assuming it's like yes well here and he shows you where the downstairs in and he brings you down tons of gold but maybe it's not says, yes so here we go and he brings you down here down to the to the basement and he says this is the lesser vaults in front of you and he shows you a room with eight doors, uh, four on the east and four on the west, and one enormous main vault door to the south. He goes on to explain that this corridor is aligned with several lesser vaults. Each of them are uh, ten feet square, and he opens up one to show you what it looks like on the inside. Is there lots of gold bars in there? says, I only people who have the key are myself and the client renting the vault. That's it. Is there like massive treasure pile in here? Or? He shows you, says, these are all private, but as you can see, the contents are primarily important papers such as deeds and wills and bars of gold and platinum. These are private vaults that are rented out right. to some of the most prosperous and sure. important people in all right. uh, Could you just Absalom. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The, the, your, your, of the two keys, so it's two lock system, your key 
tell us about your key. Like you keep it on your person at all times. It's in yes. some safe. It's this yes. and that. What, yes. like, how, it's on how, me at all done? times. And it would require two two keys to open. And as you can see, these are uh, excellent, excellent locks. And uh, Basil can see that these are exquisite locks that would require enormous thievery to pick. So they, so it's like a safe deposit boxes. Yeah, they're safe deposit rooms, basically. Okay. Right, so to out of your shot of him, I want to talk to you guys a little bit. Consult. Yeah, consult a little bit. Uh, so one option, at least for that, if this if this uh, stepson is involved. Stepson pickpockets him, gets the key off of him, get, makes a copy of it, returns it. Yeah. So now they have one half of the puzzle. Then they just have to break into whoever's house it is that they want to they want to rob. Like do the same thing with the other key. Then they have two keys. So now they just have to get in here. Yeah, yeah. And this is of course the main vault. The vault door is monstrous iron and bronze contraption. There's four locks each too far from any one person to reach on their own. And he says, all four of these locks must be opened at the same time. Each has a different key and each is hidden throughout the bank in various locations. That, that's hilarious. That makes, right. it, that, makes it, that makes this a perfect dungeon crawl. Like you have to go and get, collect all the keys. That's, 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 that's classic. Uh, so he can't show us what's inside this vault? Yes, I, I can if you wish, but uh, hold on. Uh, wait right here. I will get the keys. I wonder if that's where the lift comes in, that they need people. If the door, I mean, how far apart are the They're, they're um, well, they're, they're, they're 10 feet apart in different corners. So you literally need four people in four different locations to turn it. And he comes back and he has four keys. They are... Uh, are very strange in their make. And he goes on to explain, it's like, he goes, well, I normally wouldn't tell anyone this, but not only do you need to have the right key, but the actual metallic composition of the key have to match the lock itself. And if you put in the wrong type of key into the wrong lock, it becomes inert and you can't get in ever again. And you also just couldn't make a copy of the key. Correct. Because of the wrong metal. Yeah. And, and yes. all of the and all of these keys are kept on. And these keys are on the premises. They're kept in various hidden locations. Correct. That only I know and no one else. Not even Colo. Not even Colo. He says, "Here, each of you, if you wish to help out, I will do one key." And he gives hands out three more. He says, "If each all of you right, wish yeah. to." Turn on the count of three. When I say three, then turn. Okay? Okay. Okay. One, two, two and a half, a three. And you all click and turn the key. And sure enough, the vault opens. Nice. I want what's in that. I want the treasure. What actually is And it's gone. It's gone, McReady. That would be funny. How good would that be if it was gone? (laughs) It is funny though how this is this is a setup for an adventure. Like this is set up for a dungeon crawl. Like the, like a four person party, you have to find all four keys. Yep. You know, like it, it's it's right there. Yeah, but you're on the wrong side this time. You're the you're the guards trying to prevent the adventurers from getting in. <laughs> you're the ones that you're going to try to kill. Dungeon Anyhow, keeper. Yep, dungeon keeper. You open it up. It's a it's a vault. It's absolutely enormous. There's two large tables in front of you as well as four 
large shelves. There is a huge array of coins, trade bars, items from jewelries, other valuables. Hundreds of thousands of gold pieces worth of stuff in here, if not millions. Wow. Ooh, I'm getting to my bad thought. <laughs> Chris, Chris's lawbreaker badge starts burning his skin. Just a little <laughs> that, that's actually really funny. It's like we absolutely like we 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 turn rogue, attack him right now, loot yes. the place, and make a run for it. <laughs> I like that thought. We have our <laughs> own adventure now. In fact, we are the robbers. master entire adventure path off the rails. Yep, a three-year con job operation. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Is there a pool of money laying around? It's everywhere. on the ground. Yeah. Can we Scrooge McDuck it? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's all very neat and organized, and there's like labels everywhere. All a lot right. of things are in bins. You know, this is an extremely organized. You know, it's a bank. And he All just right. shows you, he goes, he goes, in addition, even if you did manage to kill me or try to take it over, there's other fortifications to prevent you from ever leaving. So that's the only reason I was comfortable enough to show you this. But as you can see, the fortifications are quite in, uh, quite intact and quite strong. So. Can I do a little bit of examination of the walls and make sure, sure there's no... Make sure, sure there's no weak spots, like they haven't been digging in from the yep. outside or something? Oh, yeah. Dougie's going to do an engineering check, except he's not an engineer. Well, you got a perfect perception, and you look at it, and you're like, those walls look solid. Basil walks the perimeter, doing little knocks, little pecks on the walls. And sure enough, these walls are perfectly sound. There's not so much as a crack on any of these walls. And he goes on to explain that they're in bedrock, that it goes 100 feet in all directions. And even if they did start to drill in, you'd hear it well ahead of time because of the bedrock and the fact that there's so much of it that you couldn't just appear. And there's also wards against teleportation and other um, methods like that. So, Okay, well, hmm. I'm thinking all this is a red herring. I think that the, it comes down to there's a possibility, there's a better than zero chance that it's it, it, it's something outside the box like there the uh device is a lift so think about something valuable easy to transport high up that maybe it's in the vicinity of the bank or maybe has absolutely nothing to do, do with the banks at all and that's actually the target yeah what does he have uh is there a story above this or is this a ranch <laughs> Is this ground floor only and underground, or yep, do you have two it. stories? Okay. No, no. It's Can just, we check uh, out the roof? Yeah, Let's check yeah. out the roof. Is yep. the roof is the integrity on the roof seem sound? Because there was a ladder going up on the roof before. There was. That's a little bit dubious. There's no explanation for that, or maybe it's the gardeners. I don't know. What would the gardeners need on the roof? That's well, keep in mind the trees. Gardens are here. No, the oh. trees are like 15 feet tall. That's what they yeah. use. Yeah. But anyhow, he's like, yes, yes, feel free. And low man can jump up on that roof, no problem. Yes. Climb up. He looks around, and he's sure seeing a lot of roofs of banks. And uh, of all the banks he's seen, this one is by far the strongest. Strongest, nicest. Yep. He's gonna publish. A, he's gonna publish a coffee table book. 
That's bank true. roofs, bank roofs. Oh, it's going to be very nice. nice. Book. Best seller. Uh, there's nothing you can see that would lead. I mean, there's very, 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 very tiny pipes that are used for ventilation. But these, like, uh, even like mice would have trouble going through. And he goes on to explain that throughout those pipes that are used for ventilation from the uh, from the bank area uh, downstairs. Uh, Guillotine blades. Yeah, there's actually like uh, there's there's traps and there's actually even uh, meshes and such mm. so that animals don't go anywhere near. Whirling it. blades. <laughs> the other real question is where do we want to station ourselves? Do we want to, you know, it could be like last line of defense would be down in the vault. We could be in the lobby. We could be outside. I mean, so what do you guys want to do? All, All right. right, so so here's so you come back upstairs, you go through the roof, it looks incredibly secure. You come back downstairs, and Bertram says, he goes, well, I'll tell you what, you've seen everything. I think it's pretty well secure. I'm, uh, I'm very pleased you're going to help me out. I'd be happy to give you keys to all the doors in the bank. I unfortunately can't give you any basement vault keys for protection of my clients as well as the bank itself but uh, we're happy to help and work with you in any other way possible if you wish to be here during the day or yeah station yourself this is this is absolutely shaping up like dungeon keeper now give us all the keys to the dungeon we are the monsters in the dungeon while they assault the dungeon and try to find the four keys. That's yeah. that, that that's that's what that's the, that's what this is starting to really look like. Oh no no none of the vault keys. I can't you know those. Yeah, are we don't with get me. the vault keys. You get keys to the actual being able to go into the employee areas. Oh, I get it. We're the, the random back. monsters that are that are restricted to the to the first level. That's I, right. I, I get that's it. right. You're the pugs. I mean the bait. I mean the. Uh, uh... We're the yard trash. <laughs> After doing a thorough review of this bank, I say even God Himself could not rob it. Yeah. I, I will. I, 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 I will offer one piece of advice, which is wherever you have those keys, put them someplace else tomorrow. Just uh, just make up oh. some other place and just put them someplace. Just vary your routine, whatever your routine is, vary it slightly. Excellent idea. Right. I usually do mix it up, but I'm going to make sure that all four keys are mixed up into different locations, and I will also make sure that my other keys are kept in an interdimensional space so it can't be easily taken. I have right. another question, actually. Um, what is the relative? distance between the different banks it's different everywhere i mean some of them are literally like right next to each other and some of them are you know hundreds of feet away this is one of the oldest banks and has an absolutely gigantic footprint not only does it have a bank but it actually has a yard and grounds so it's very far away from anything else old money so who thinks that this is the right bank to stake out during the parade you get to pick a bank. I do. I, I think. I, I think. I think by process of elimination. I think. I think so. I think all the breadcrumbs are are pointing here. Okay. Yeah, but I, I gotta I tell you, I agree though. I'm I'm at a loss though. I, I agree. See how so what we're gonna do is we're gonna go shopping, prepare, and just show up on parade day and just 
Just take, it's like take the keys to the, the keys to the castle Make and just like patrol available. the rooms. This guy wants the keys. I say he can have the vault keys, but he has to be available during. Uh, oh uh, yes, day. yes, we'll be open all day all tomorrow. Right. It's well, one of our busiest days of the day. year. Well, one yes, thing, yes. my one thought is the reason why I was asking about the distance between different banks is we could spend some money on getting four fresh horses and have like a single <laughs> guard from the edge watch like at each of the banks and if something happens somewhere else they raise the alarm we jump on horses and go there just in case but i don't i don't know i don't know if we'll have enough time for that that sounds great i mean that seems like i don't a good, know a good if we plan. need to hire them we just get edge watch to supply us four horses that's what it's yeah. going to take i mean i tell you what though or a couple uh, of silver it's the horse feather token bird there you go. When activated, this token transfers into a small sparrow that waits on your finger, ready to relay a message of up to one minute length, along with the name and location of the recipient. And it flies over there and tells you. So we have, we, we, I actually have that covered. Wow. I have, uh, so I, I have, I have two messengers. Cost? Or you can hire Splort and Muck. Maybe they can uh, stake out the banks oh, for you. Right. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> Another fine employer of Sport and Muck. Okay, so let's leave here. Let's get out of this. We, we, we're not going to stop this bank by telling them to prepare. It's going to happen. Let's go shopping. Is that well, something? The only thing I want to do in terms of shopping is I would want to move that rune to my crossbow, and I would maybe want to buy some more healing potions. Okay, so you do want to go shopping. Okay. Just healing potions. Sure. And, and how much does it cost to rent horses? Is I mean... Is that something? That uh, I'm they, sure that, you can get. Or horses. how much does it cost to buy? Or, or, or how much does it cost to buy a couple of more of those feather tokens? Well, either buy more tokens, or you can just. I'm sure you can station one token guard haha, at the other banks <laughs> to help you out and call you for backup in case something happens. I mean, if those if yeah, those magic things idea. are really cheap, Seth, you could give one to each of those other guards, and they can. Yeah, that's my thought. That. That's yeah. my thought. And that's they can give them back. Yeah, Th that's exactly what I'm saying. Them, they're going to want to keep them. Keep whatever. Uh, you can, give them, can, right. So, can I get a uh, some potency uh, rune for my uh, armor? Is that something where whatever we you want? I mean, okay, you so... are in Absalom. So, I'd say by now it's about two in the afternoon. You know that the parade starts tomorrow. It actually doesn't start first thing in the morning. It starts around 10. So you can, uh, you know, you can actually rest up a little, get ready in the morning. Uh, the bank will be open by then, and it's already been open for at least a good hour or so. And uh, the parade is about three hours long. So three to four hours. Um, sort of a slow parade. And it's... Uh, Probably going to be a little larger than usual, just because this is the first parade in 200 years, and a large number of people actually uh, entered the parade more than usual, and they, you know, tried to make a big deal of it, especially after all the attacks in Absalon and everything that's going on, and it's just a celebration of all things Galarian, so who knows what will happen tomorrow. With that, though, to move a rune, it's just 10% of the rune to move it. So you tell me. And to buy a rune, it's just buy it, and voila, your armor okay. goes up by plus one. I'm going to buy it, and my armor goes up plus one. I have 177, under 160 on a potency. Bingo, plus one armor potency, 160 gold. And uh, it's 10% to move that rune. I don't have enough. I thought it was 10 10 gold flat. 10%, 10 of the cost All of the All right, I can't itself. afford to do that yet, so 
Yeah, so uh, what is the cost of the striking rune? 10%. The striking rune is 65 gold, so it'd be 6.5 Alright, so I spent 6.5 to move it to my crossbow. Okay, hold on. One thing at a time. There's four other banks? Two. There's two other banks. Why were we saying four? I thought it was four total, but I guess it's three total. Two other banks, and then the, the black market moneylender lady, I guess, sort of counts. I don't think we need to cover that one. Yeah, like that. Like so, so there's only two other suspect locations in case we're wrong. You say moneylender, I say loan shark. I ask. Yes, two other locations, so two of those tokens. All right, I have to. Oh, there you go. I think we should use our own people. We should get a couple of people from from our town, from our district, not these token guards. Oh yeah, absolutely. Not oh, the token. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 trustworthy. Trustworthy edge watch. Yeah, yeah. 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 Go, gold standard all the way. Even the horses. Oh, dude, can we? Can I, we I trust <laughs> only gold or, or edge watch horses. Too. Uh, exactly. Especially the horses. What about what about the mimic? We should we should employ the mimic as a guest star. Oh my gosh! Put him in the vault. Put him in the vault. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Sharky, we have a job for you. This is literally made for you. Oh my god, that is such a good idea. He's our last line of defense. That is the best. Oh my god, he's the best guard yeah, he, for Yeah, that's true. It could be a big, a big chest of gold. <laughs> like, yeah, they're going to steal that and he'll grab them. I like it. Does <laughs> it, it it's Steve. <laughs> that yeah. is actually perfect. Does it take any <laughs> particular skill to It doesn't use... get any better than that. It's actually. perfect. Okay, guys, wait, wait, wait. Stop. Yep. Sorry. I'm, uh, Does it take uh, any particular skill to use snares? That is a good question. You're the first person to ever ask it. Because I was thinking we could put some snares on a few of the key points. Survival, maybe? To at least like, because there's at least snares that set off a noise. I'm so we could put snares on like the employee entrance and on the stairs to the vault if they somehow get past us without us seeing them. And on like the doorknobs, they just like turn the key, like, oh no, my hand is caught in a snare. Seems like a thievery thing. Yeah, I just didn't know if those were like general purpose or if you had to be specifically trained in something to use them. I'm looking it up. I was looking it up too, but I figure out ask and see if you knew quick bombard uh steve with obscure rules questions if he knows off the top of his head that's probably involved <laughs> no snares are very cool they're uh they're traps they're basically handheld traps you can bring with you and you build them and put them on a single five foot square once constructed you can't move them without destroying or triggering them but you can also disable them but you have to have the snare crafting feet to create snares and take some minutes but I think you can also just buy them. I was gonna say, could you buy a ready-made snare yeah. kit, at snares yeah. or us or whatever? Uh, as far as, as I know, request. because they have a gold price to them, so I believe you can just buy snares and put them up. And Acme Bear Trap <laughs> to catch <laughs> to catch wild e coyote. Yes. Yeah, I mean there are snares. There are different types of snares, like. And they take up a space, but as soon as someone goes into the space, they are triggered. So, and well, I was bank... looking at the signaling snare, which basically, um, what was that? Keep in mind the bank is staying open; like he's refusing to close. That's one thing. Oh wait, so, no, see, that's a, that's just a visible. I mean, there are like caltrop snares and alarms, and well, there's a something called a thunder snare that basically like sets off a big boom of thunder. Yep. As soon as they enter the square, it goes boom. 
I mean, I was thinking once the employees are already in the building for the day, we could put one of those on the employee entrance. So if anyone tries to go in the employee entrance, yeah, know, I mean, but... as far as I know, you could just buy them and set them up. You would, I guess you could just do it like you would any other item. You would just put it down. It doesn't look like there's any skills. There's skills to take it back. Like once it's down, you have to use disabled device and thievery to bring it back to you. So, and keep an, and you also are, you can get low level snares at high level DCs. So you could actually get like a level one snare, but have a level 10 DC if you're really good at making snares. So, uh, but if you made yourself, then you can disarm your own. This actually is mostly used by monsters. Well, actually... In this case, you No, I'm thinking monsters. you still yeah, have to have know. snare crafting. I think you still have to have snare crafting. Because creating a snare requires a snare kit and an amount of raw materials worth the amount listed. So you buy the raw materials and you have the snare kit, but then you still have to build it. It's essentially a material right. component that... So I, I feel like you skill. probably still have to be trained to do it. You know what? I mean, I'll put it this way. Anything I've ever seen with them, it always has someone who has the ability to make snares. And then they literally make and put down snares. So I've never seen someone do this without having the ability to do it. That, my only caveat is there's a gold piece component to it, but I guess that's the price. That's the price of the, the ingredients. Snare. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, uh, the, so. the other option would be is there a magic item that covers the like a consumable magic item that covers the same sort of territory? Oh, I guarantee there are. I imagine so that's what, that, well, that's what I'm not. I'm yeah, sure, there's a token. That. There's a feather token that can do what he like needs it to do. Talisman <laughs> or something. Yeah. 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 Like a Tanglefoot bag. That's going to take a little bit of time to research, so, so that's probably an offline activity. So according to this chart, I have two potions of lesser healing still. Correct. Interesting. I think I need... I'm going to buy one more. What's the one above that? I wonder if we're getting into that range yet. I bet it's super expensive though, right? For what? For the, the, the one above, the healing potion above lesser. Moderate healing potions are 3d8 plus 10. Those are a mere 50 gold pieces each. Damn, do I even have 50 gold? That's a lot. That's a lot of gold. That's a lot of healing, though. I like that. 3d8 plus 10? That's like 24 so about average. 13, 14 health. Wow, yeah, if you roll like you. Well, you know, um, <laughs> Gomez can get level 3 heal scrolls, though. Oh, Gomez. Well, how much are those now? I may buy scrolls for you, Seth, that, that, that you only are allowed to use on me. I, I, that's that's a, that's a smart thing to do. You should totally do that. Like, even if Dougie is, like, leading to death on, on rank three of dad, like... <laughs> no, that's especially. the thing. Believe it or not, there are only 30 gold pieces. It's almost really? a better use. Yeah, it's wow. a, you can get a level totally. three potion for 50 or a level three scroll do it. for 30. Do it. That's silly. It. Well, it makes sense because... The potion is, is better in a way because it's it's personal, it's transportable. You can you know anyone can use it and give it to someone else. Like the scroll, he has to cast it only, and it's uh, yeah, I guess, and he has to pull I it guess. out. Like yeah, there's, there's issues, sense. but they're both good. So wait, do I how much gold do I have left? Question. All right, uh, hold on. So what are you buying? You're buying armor rune for Dougie. Yep. Yeah, so Dougie has like 17 gold left, and then Low Manguish is moving the striking. I'm moving the striking to the crossbow plus one. All right, so you have seventy-six gold left. I'm gonna spend. I'm gonna buy one more lesser healing potion. 
64 gold. I'm going to buy a level 3 healing scroll for Gomez when I write my name on it. No way. Yes. A level 3? Alright, so I'm going to add it. A level I'll 3 scroll of healing? Write my name on it like you healing. do when you go to camp. So that's for me. <laughs> nobody else. I'll also make a note. Make a note. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you need to make a note, Seth. I think someone will be kind enough to remind you who's Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll I think you have that kind me, of friend. You have me friends chant. that will help you remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, Heal me. <laughs> press the digitation, and it becomes Dougie's name. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Slight of hand. Spell heal. 34 gold. I can't believe you did that. That's a real Chris move. Well, you know what? Some people can afford healing and others dig. Okay. You got your scroll of heal. I'll put it down here. Logged and notarized and countersigned. Like, if someone else needs it, like, it, it may cost them 50 gold payback. You know, that's... that's, that's, <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's that's how, that's that's that would be a Chris move. That's how Absalom works. That would be a Chris move. That's really nice. Oh, absolutely! Uh, absolutely! If somebody if somebody else if somebody else needs it, I will I will ask the player. It's like, do you want me to do this? And they and they owe you the money. I'm out of right. it. Right. It's a, the vig is going to be steep. I, I've been around a lot of banks and money lenders lately, so I'm kind of f- picking up a few pointers here now. Uh, but your badge won't let you do that. I don't uh, think. I think badge is okay with free market. I don't think usury is. <laughs> oh, let the buyer beware. Okay. Anything else anyone else wants to get? Let's see, Basil fills 121 gold. Gomez is 186 gold. Look at that. Tons of gold. Uh, uh, it's such a pain in the ass. It would take so long for me to spend that money because it would all be little piddly scrolls and things. Yeah, you should wait. Oh, well, yeah, a half hour. Uh, off so I'm, I don't want to do that. Well, you can do it because I'm not going to start or, the next I, Or how much is it? 130? But you have 186 gold. 180. Actually, it'll take me two seconds. I'm buying more feather tokens. I'm buying. I'm buying my goddamn boat. Oh, you're buying the boat. Nice. I was just curious about that because you never know when you need a boat. 180. Uh, you say. Yeah. If we need a boat, well, you can get the whip. Oh, it's 130. There you go. That whip is. It is a flying whip. That's not necessarily that bad. A flying a swan whip. Swan boat. What's a flying? Oh, it's 76 yeah. gold. It's actually pretty expensive. It's pretty cool though. Last one day. Actually, how much money? Like, I, I still have 15 gold, don't I? Gomez has 186 gold. You have 186. 186, gold. and yeah. uh, and the the whip is 130. I'm a little shy. The whip is 130, and the and the boat is 75. I want the full set. I can't believe it. You are playing Pokemon in Pathfinder. Damn straight. Gotta get gotta get I, them I all. Got, I gotta get them all. All my little feather tokens. I gotta get them all. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, I'll buy great. I'll buy the whip for now. I'll buy the whip for now. Throw me the idol. Sorry, I missed my cue. <laughs> or, 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 wait, or where there's a whip, there's a way. I like that one. That's a good one. From the from the Rankin and Bass Hobbit. Oh, and you know what else? Wait, one thirty leaves me. Uh, one thirty leaves me. Uh, well, now you have fifty-six 50, gold. Fifty left. I'll, I'll buy the tree. <laughs> because why not? And I'll have two gold left. Put that on gift certificate. And I have, I have two gold pieces left. Just enough for dinner, and and no loose change, right? No, actually, you have eighty-six gold left. After the after the tree, yeah, the tree's only thirty-eight. But but the whip is like a one thirty, right? Yeah. So one thirty. I thought I had one hundred and eighty. You did. So one thirty and thirty-eight is uh, one sixty-eight. Eighteen. Like 
18, 18 left. Oh, 18 left. Oh, that's true. Oh, that's right. That's right. I do. Because I just, ah, that's awesome. All right. So Save it for 18. a rainy day. Yeah, I have 18 and I keep it. I keep 18. I can't believe you bought those. Oh, they might have come in handy. You never know. Oh, they will come in. I'll find a use. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. I, I will find a use. If someone's chasing us, I fully expect him to pull out the boat and oh, just I, stop I them from chasing. I, no, I expect him to throw out the yeah, tree. Or some crazy <laughs> cr- Yeah, yeah. Climbing up a tree will come into play. And, it, and that is that is a, just as, as an aside. That is the thing about this. Like magic is so prevalent. Why are they even messing around buying that? Like trying to steal that device? Like they they go to the, they go to the store and buy like a magic solution for whatever levitation problem. potion. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. Maybe they're old school. Maybe they like to get their hands dirty. All right, I have um, I have everything. I have striking room armor runes. Moving the striking rune, bought a lesser healing, bought a level three healing scroll, whip, and tree. Like it. Anything else? Everyone's quiet. Nope. Take that as well, a no. Uh, I got a couple things I want to get. Oh, okay. Oh. Uh, 30 gold for three doses of Sitilesh oil. That's a bad one. It's a little cheaper than Hunter Spider. But... Poison? Yeah. I actually know that because of uh, another adventure path. And then 11 for. Actually. 22 for two sleep arrows. Man, magic arrows are pretty freaking expensive, but whatever. So three Sitalesh oil. How much is that? That's 30 gold. They're 10 each. And then how many arrows? What type? Uh, let's get two sleep arrows. Actually, let's get one sleep arrow and one vine arrow. Together, that's 21 gold. Seth, you've rubbed off on them. They're all becoming generalists. Good. It's more fun. It gives you more, more like more weird options. That's that's where the creativity comes into play. This this whip does not suck. It, it it's the like whip is very good. It, it's like it's a dancing whip. It it tries to trip every round. Its modifiers are not that terrible. Nice. The only the only downside is there's a there's a flat check for it to continue to dance and it, and and when when it stops dancing the song, the song is over. So so you, you could get screwed. It could last for a minute. It could last for not a minute. Okay. Basil has 70 gold left. You're the big winner. I think I'm going to just going to hold off there and just go with that. Also, I wouldn't mind a little bit more time offline to just kind of look at magic items. And well, see that's what I'm thinking. You guys probably apply. just want a little bit more time just to triple check. Any like something the equivalent of wants. snares that we could use to yeah. set up defenses. So good. So let's, yeah, so let's call it. You've been listening to Roll for Combat, Agents of Edgewatch. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at rollforcombat.com. You can also find us and play various games on our Discord channel at discord.rollforcombat.com.